Welcome to Uncivil Discourse. I'm your host, Olivia Husseini, here with my co-host, Elijah George, ready to educate you on civil society and censure in Russia. Today we are going to talk about the musical duo Ice Peak and how they are making waves in Russian society. Ice Peak is made up by the musical duo Anastasia Kreslina or Nastya and Nikolai Kostelyev or Nick, both of whom are currently 25 years old. Side note, the internet is unclear as to whether Nastya goes by she, her, or they, them, so in order to respect their identity, they will be referred to as they, them throughout this podcast in an attempt to avoid any possible misgendering. Anyway, while Nick was born and raised in Moscow, the capital of Russia, Nastya was born in Latvia and did not move to Moscow until they were of school age. They recall finding the city dark and frightening, and based on how they have been treated by the Russian authorities as of late, they most likely still feel that way. But we'll go more into detail on that later. Both Nastya and Nick grew up with musical influences in their families, as both had parents that were classical musicians. However, neither of them believed that classical music was their calling, and instead they both ended up at the Russian State University for the Humanities, where they subsequently met and formed their band Icepeak. Their first albums were edgy, experimental, and electronic, and also in English. When they first became famous, they toured all over the world, including the United States. It wasn't until 2017 that they returned to Russia for good and released their first album only in Russian, titled Sweet Life. Although this album did not contain any particularly outlandish song lyrics, Nastya and Nick revealed in an interview that when they came back to Russia after their world tour, they were significantly impacted by the anger and disappointment that they saw in youths in Russia. They also commented that they felt inspired to use their music to connect to these unique voices. In 2018, they released their, their notoriously controversial album, Fairy Tale, which included a particularly disruptive song called Death No More. The song includes lines such as, I fill my eyes with kerosene, let it all burn, let it all burn, which are then followed by, all of Russia is watching me, let it all burn, let it all burn. Moreover, although different translations use various language and phrasing, there is a part of the song that references a scene in which the speaker of the song goes outside to pet a cat, only to have a police car run the cat over. There's also a line that references getting arrested at a street protest. Now, you're probably thinking that any claims that these lyrics are politically motivated are weak at best and probably only based on speculation, right? Well, the music video that goes along with the song is heavily laced with political messages. The video begins with Nastya pouring gasoline all over themselves in front of the Russian White House in Moscow, followed by Nick dropping a lit match in front of them. The video also includes scenes of the pair eating raw meat in front of Lenin's tomb, as well as scenes of them playing patty cake while they are each sitting upon the shoulders of a Federal Security Service, or FSB, officer. In some interviews, the Ice Peak duo admit that the song contains a political message, but in others, they claim that the song and video were not meant to communicate a particular message, but rather metaphorical commentary that they feel is being misinterpreted and mistakenly scrutinized. However, no matter what motive lies behind the production of this content, it is undeniable that with Death No More, Nastya and Nick really push the limits as far as acceptable public expression in Russia goes. Following the release of their album Fairy Tale in 2018, Ice Peak began to tour throughout provincial Russia. 
Around this time, during the fall of 2018, Russian authorities began targeting Russian musical artists with particular resolve. Although artists of several genres were monitored, rap and hip-hop artists were especially targeted. Local authorities put pressure on venue owners to cancel concerts held by these particular artists before they took place, and even shut down concerts that were already in progress. The officers rarely had any real evidence to justify shutting down the concerts, but they relied on a number of excuses. They would threaten venue owners with made-up reports about food poisoning or sanitation violations in order to force them to comply. In some cases, they cut the electricity, which stood in the way of the performance, or even faked a bomb scare that forced everyone to evacuate. However, more often than not, officers prevented or shut down concerts by claiming that the event raised concern due to a law that was passed in 2012 that called for the censorship of material that could be damaging to adolescent audiences. The Russian government defines qualifying material as anything that promotes suicide, drugs, violence, and the like. Moreover, in 2013, a law was passed that prohibits gay propaganda, which according to the Russian government is anything that strays from traditional family values. All of these no-no subjects are present in Icepeak's content. However, these laws were cited not in the name of protecting children, but to restrict the freedom of expression of outspoken musical artists. While Natsia and Nick were on tour, they experienced numerous cancellations from venues due to pressure from local authorities, and also experienced many uneasy encounters with, with police officers. They were constantly dealing with unfavorable situations. On one night in particular, the venue that they had originally booked canceled at the last minute, so they had to find another venue. There, municipal officials, FSB officers, and police showed up and forced them to cancel. They then moved to another venue, where authorities arrived shortly after they began performing. They turned the electricity off and told people to leave, claiming that there was a bomb scare. However, a witness recalled that it was quite evident that the bomb, bomb scare was not genuine, because instead of a bomb squad, a group of low-level officers were responding to the situation. At another event during Ice Peaks tour, some officers, who weren't wearing uniforms, cornered the duo and told them that they had orders to take them outside the city limits, and that they needed to accompany them for their own safety. Later, when the two left the event, a police car followed them to their hotel and waited outside all night before following them to the train station in the morning. At another point during the tour, when they had just gotten off of a train in Novosibirsk, officers approached them claiming that they had received a tip that Nick and Ice Peaks tour manager, Oleg Mitrofanov, were in possession of drugs. Although the claim was fallacious and the pair were not in possession of drugs, they were handcuffed and detained at a local precinct for three hours before being released. So why is this happening? Well, teenagers and young adults in Russia are not as avid television watchers as the older generations. This is important because the major television stations in Russia are all state-controlled, so television programs and other traditional media platforms play a significant role in how the Russian government spreads messages and influences the public. However, there is a growing concern regarding how to reach the younger generations through popular media, as the government has lost their direct influence on a lot of Russia's youth. 
local authorities and older generations have a history of rigorously supporting traditional values and targeting artists who seemingly promote social ills. However, these occurrences have seen an all-time high as the Kremlin has become aware of the strength and capabilities of Russia's youth, and their inability to control them. As Nastya Kreslina says, the Kremlin is afraid of Russia's youth because they can actually think for themselves. Part of the reason why the Kremlin's gotten so worried is because of the protests that took place in March of 2017. Alexei Navalny, the opposition leader in Russia who was poisoned as a result of his anti-corruption campaigning, gained a lot of support from Russian youths, and they turned out in flocks to protest his arrest after he returned to Moscow from hospitalization in Berlin. This demonstrated to the Kremlin that they had lost their impact on the younger generations, and that other influences were threatening their loyalty. Unlike the Russian government, which uses traditional forms of media to reach the public, Alexei Navalny communicated directly to the public through social media platforms such as Twitter, which, as we've seen with some politicians of our own, allows for a more direct line to current and possibly future supporters. While older generations get most of their information from state-run programs, Russia's youth have more access to non-government-controlled platforms and media outlets, which cause the Russian government to tighten up their censorship. Can't afford to lose the support of the public, after all. Another significant contributing factor to the Kremlin's growing concern was the aftermath of two large-scale attacks of domestic terrorism that were carried out by teens within Russia-controlled territories in 2018. One event took place at a school, while the other took place at an FSB building. These events revealed the radical unpredictability of Russia's youth and caused concern over the interests and actions of youths in Russia to skyrocket. Authorities were provoked to suppress any and all signs of extremism by any means necessary. They became determined to stop anything from radicalizing their youth, and therefore began to pay more attention to what they were consuming. The authorities soon realized that young hip-hop artists and the like were a major influence on all youths, regardless of what they believe and where their loyalties lie. Some government officials openly criticized modern hip-hop and rap, equating it to fetid garbage. Well, if it is, then I gotta say, garbage has gotten a lot better than I remember. During a roundtable discussion in the lower house of the Russian Federal Assembly, also known as the State Duma, Vitaly Kmelnitsky, a senior interior ministry official, said that this type of music exposes people's disgusting and low vices and pushes them to commit crimes. Moreover, Vladimir Putin said that rap music was based on drugs, sex, and protest, but also said that the government should lead the artists in the right direction instead of trying to silence them, as they could serve to be a valuable asset in communicating messages to the higher, younger generations of Russians. However, some higher-ups in the Russian government support the artistic freedom of these artists and believe strongly that the government should work with them instead of against them. 
But of course, the opinion of the individual doesn't really matter if they don't back it up with action, and it certainly hasn't been. Though I do suppose you can cut them some slack, because they would be risking their lives for someone else's music. In the fall of 2018, the FSB and the counter-extremism police began taking on more of an offensive role when it comes to oppositional media and propaganda. Those artists, which authorities deem as extremism. Artists like I Speak were targeted by local authorities and not only had to deal with cancelled and shut down performances, but possible arrests, detainments, and violent encounters as well. At one concert, officers blocked the entrance of the venue and assaulted Ice Peak's tour manager when he tried to let more fans in. Nikolay Kostilyov described the experiences and situations that Ice Peak faced during their tour as terrorizing because they were doing nothing illegal, but they were still being targeted by security services. He specifically used the word witch hunt to describe the actions of the forces against the duo. Towards the end of 2018, another artist, a rapper named Dmitry Kuznetsov, who goes by the stage name Husky, was arrested after he climbed on top of a car to continue his performance after his concert was shut down. There was a lot of backlash from young Russians after this incident, who demanded that Husky be released from custody. Some government officials even condemned the course of action taken in that situation and agreed that Husky be let go, which eventually he was. However, after Husky was arrested, Nick of Ice Peak commented that the duo had decided to continue with their tour, despite the opposition they faced from local authorities. He asserted that they had to keep going so that censorship did not win. A lot of artists that were targeted did not have a clear connection to any oppositional sentiment, yet their music and content was deemed as extremism. Many young art Russians were outraged by the turn of events, and many Russian artists, even those who did not share the same beliefs as artists like Ice Peak, banded together and performed concerts in order to raise money to support Husky following his arrest and to support other artists who were impacted by the continuous concert cancellations. A music critic named Artemy Choitsky commented that Russian law enforcement's response to the modern rap music scene in Russia, as well as other types of out-there music, is reminiscent of the bans on rock music that were enforced in the Soviet Union in the 1980s, a connection that Nastya Kresina has also pointed out. Choitsky says that, Current efforts to silence influential musical artists remind him of the perestroika era of the Soviet Union in the 1980s, when rock music was heavily censored, as a lot of the music produced at the time commented on life and conditions in the Soviet Union. He said that during the time there were also blacklists that targeted and censored both Russian and Western performers, and performers had to have secret gigs. Moreover, he said that the current response of authorities is due to the political awakening of the Russian youth, as current Russian youth form a significant part of Alexei Navalny's opposition movement. But he warns that the only thing these concert cancellations and arrests will do is facilitate a movement of solidarity among musical artists and Russia's youth, just like how solidarity among underground rock artists contributed to the fall of the Soviet Union. Lastly, he thinks that efforts to suppress the musical artists will not be effective, as they will only encourage them to fight for their freedom of expression. 
This actually reminds me of something a little. Uh, who remembers that one Taylor Swift album that got blocked in China in 1989? Her merch for it was often marked with a TS 1989, which, of course, stands for Taylor Swift 1989, but it could also stand for Tiananmen Square 1989, which has markedly different implications. More revolutionary implications. Tiananmen Square was the site of a 1989 massacre where the Chinese government killed several students and activists in an attempt to silence the democratic sentiments that were being advocated there. The subsequent censure was so effective that most Chinese university students haven't even ever heard of it. Of course, it's different to the situation with I Speak and other Russian artists, 1989 isn't actually a political album about Tiananmen Square Massacre, political activists haven't started using it as a signal or a symbol, Taylor Swift is hardly a Chinese citizen, and people aren't getting thrown into jail over it, but when you look at it, there are Russian artists coming under fire for supposed political messaging they never even intended to create just because the Russian government sees their influence as a threat. Taylor Swift is just a more mainstream example of non-democratic regimes catching too many people in its net of censored content. Since most government officials seem to be claiming that they condemn the actions of local officials and say that they will put an end to it, it is unlikely that these local authorities have been acting under direct orders from the Kremlin. While not all government officials agree with it, they do agree that suppressing the artists is not an effective solution. However, it is evident that the Kremlin has an interest in shutting down outside influences in the lives of Russia's youth, as demonstrated by the government's history of taking over independent media outlets and creating state-run sources of media. The government continues to restrict civil society in Russia through censorship of outspoken influencers in the internet. What will become of artists like I Speak in the long run is unknown, but for now, they continue to stand up against the actions of the Russian authorities and continue to fight for their freedom of expression.